With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. TheKenRedyShow.com is our official website. Be sure to go and check out our website. And we're on Ironbound Radio, AM 1640, every Tuesday night from 6 to 7.30. If you're in the Newark area, check us out on Ironbound 1640, or you can always go to their website, www.ir1640amradio.com. So be sure to go and check that out. As always, my tag team partner on the line, Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Ready to go. Let's go, brother. Jam-packed show tonight. No, really excited. We have a couple of things going on. We have C.W. Smith, who uh, works at a website uh, called uh, Powerbomb Wrestling News. He's going to be joining us in a little bit, giving us some uh, insider information, uh, what's going on, uh, what he's reporting on. So excited to see uh, what sort of stories he may have for us. And... We got the one and only Ricky Morton calling in tonight in the second half of the show. Real excited to uh, hear from him. Uh, great stuff tonight, Dave. Yeah, no, jam-packed show. Uh, Powerbomb Pro Wrestling, I follow them on Facebook, and uh, they got some pretty uh, you know, insightful stuff uh, you know, that, that, that I've, uh, I've been reading since I've been following them. Uh, in particular, a story that we'll probably touch on. Uh, when he comes on the air, a story about the uh, the Rock and the departure post WrestleMania, and some new stuff that um, he's been reporting um, that 
other websites really haven't touched on or haven't been haven't don't have any knowledge of. So um, I'm excited for our listeners to uh, hear what he's got to say regarding that, and uh, you know the, the CM Punk uh, rumors as well, and of course Ricky Morton. You know, we met Ricky at uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, and we managed to uh, get him over here on the Ken Reedy show for tonight, and I'm pretty pumped and excited for the for the listeners to hear what Ricky Morton's got to say about you know the past and the present and you know potentially the future. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. Yeah, I love listening to to the legends tell us uh, about yesteryear, and uh, you know, you guys out there who are big fans of uh, the history of wrestling, uh, you know, it's it's been a real cool uh, experience for me, but being part of NWA on Fire, uh, the next three weeks on our TV show, we're showcasing Hall of Famers, so uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, if you don't know, if you get Me TV, check out if you. Uh, you know, the MeTV website to see uh, local affiliates where you can pick up MeTV or go to nwaonfire.com, check out their website. But uh, yours truly, I've been hosting uh, the show for, uh, I did on Friday, and uh, the next two weeks we're just showcasing Hall of Famers. I mean, you you want to check that out. If you love the history of wrestling, um, you know, we have matches with, I mean, we had a, a match on Friday night, a battle royal that Andre the Giant was in, and Bobo Brazil, we have a uh, Stuff with Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, so be sure to check out NWA on Fire over the the next couple of weeks. Really cool, interesting stuff. Uh, definitely neat uh, seeing the stuff that uh, NWA on Fire has archived. So uh, a little bit of history there. Ricky Morton later on giving us some history, and uh, let's get into the present. You know, the, the past uh, few weeks, obviously for you know it's WrestleMania season, been WWE heavy. So we thought tonight. Uh, why not lead, and we'll start uh, the show off talking a little TNA. So, uh, you know, TNA, I think that they've been a solid show as of late. Um, nothing incredible, but nothing terrible. I, I, I thought Impact this past Thursday was a, was a good show. Uh, the one thing we, we'd like to center on right now, and something we talked about uh, a while back, and, you know, it seems like uh, yeah, they're taking our advice, but... The repackaging, the retooling, the uh, redo of one Mr. AJ Styles. Uh, good match this past week with James Storm. I, I like everything they're doing right now. Now, we don't know the payoff down the road. Who knows? They could screw it up. But I'm not going to look at that right now. Let's, let's look at the positive. I like what they're doing. I like that they're, they're keeping it vague uh, you don't really know what side of things he's on. Um, again, and the guy can perform. So, real good match. Leaving James Storm uh, out there to fend for himself with the Ace and Eights coming in. Uh, you know, that's real heelish, but he he clotheslines Christopher Daniels. So, it's you know, you don't know where he's going. And, and I, I like the intrigue. For the first time in a long time, Dave... I'm I'm interested in what is coming next for AJ Styles. Absolutely, I thought it was I thought it was good stuff uh, from him uh, Thursday night. Um, you know, this may sound stupid, but there's little things about his character that you know had changed. Obviously, his you know the tone in his voice, his his uh, you know his body language, but even you know you know the the, the physical features. I mean, he's got the five o'clock shadow with the beard. He's grown out his hair a little bit, kind of scruffy. Um, you know, not not you know not so 
I would say prim and proper like he had before with the high and tight haircut. Um, you know, and even like his, his ring wear, you know, some people probably, you know, try to correct me on this, but if you go back and you watch the, the, the video footage, um, you know, he was wearing like mostly all black kind of, you know, darker colors for a darker tone in his character. But, um, on his wrestling tights, I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a, um, like a belt, like you wear like like a normal belt with a buckle that you wear like on your jeans, which was a little bit odd at first, um, you know, seeing that on him. But I guess it was it was kind of going for that like normal street look at the same time with a wrestling look too. I mean, that's just me. Like I know that you know it may sound weird to to, to you or to you know some of our listeners or to anybody else, but I noticed just little things about guys that like not people people really don't tend to look at they they look at the obvious and sometimes the obvious might be negative to them and I, I look at the little stuff and I thought to myself yeah, all right it's pretty cool he's you know comes out with a leather jacket with the hood over he's still kind of keeping the hood uh, you know incorporated into his character like he had before um but with like a leather coat it's very you know and, and it, this isn't a negative but it's very you know um 1997 Sting-like in some ways, but for him it's working. Like as long as he doesn't stand in the rafters, hold a baseball bat, and paint his face, then you know I'm I'm good with the the, the transformation of of one AJ Styles. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I think we're going to see a few months of you know. I hope it doesn't drag on too long. I you know like believe me when we were when Sting was you know. You know, in the in the Raptors doing the Crow character, that went on for over a year to the point where he had his first match with Hogan at Starcade in 1997. I hope it doesn't reach that point where Styles it takes him a year to make a decision with Aces and Aces. I would like to see probably a payoff, at least in that regards, um, where he stands, his allegiances. Probably I'd say like in like two or three months. I, I think this can play out in two or three months and be intriguing enough where um, they can, you know, let this ride out and we'll come to his decision. Maybe he'll make a decision that, you know, the anniversary pay-per-view. And, you know, to tie in, the, the, to, to jump on another subject, but also tie in with this at the same time, some, a storyline like this is perfect for the way TNA is structuring their pay-per-view schedule and how they book some of their impacts. Like two weeks ago, or last week, I should say, they booked, you know, Impact with the championship matches and Jeff Hardy and Bully Ray in the, in the ladder match. And they they would be wise to probably book, let's say they announce that Styles is going to make a decision. Like, they do it, you know, on an Impact, like a live Impact, because they do take the following week's Impact after they have the live uh, viewing on television. So I think it would be best if they, when they do blow this off, don't blow it off on pay-per-view, blow it off on television because you're going to get more viewers on television and then follow up with whoever he's, after he makes his decision, whoever he's going to feud with for a match at that particular pay-per-view, whether it be Slammiversary or, you know, even uh, Bound for Glory down the road. But uh, I, I, I like what's going on with him. I'm intrigued and it's different for him and sometimes different is good. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a good pick. I didn't pick up on the belt, but it, it's it's cool. I mean, the subtleties that they've they've added to his character are are, are definitely working. And, and you know what? Like, I agree with you. There should be some sort of payoff, but I, I wouldn't necessarily mind if he just uh, you know, there's no allegiance for a while. Like you know, maybe he spurns aces and eights, but still doesn't you know carry the TNA flag. You know, it's still just a uh, 
a loner. You know, I, I loved how the, the match ended the other night where it's, uh, yeah, I'll beat up Storm, and then I'll clothesline Christopher Daniels, and then I'll turn my back on everyone when Ace and Eight shows up. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if AJ stays like that for a while. If we get a payoff where, you know, whatever, he punches out uh, Bully Ray, but at the same time, uh, you know, he, he pushes Hulk Hogan or something where he just... You know, he's he's not allying himself uh, with anyone. And I do like, you know, the Sting thing, it, it worked uh, back in the day. But I like this because this is more realistic. This is more, you know, look, we people go through phases in life and people uh, go through periods of their time where there are dark, you know, periods they go through, dark uh, times. And that's, uh, you know, all of us who have gone through like these, these periods of time in our lives, you know, we, we didn't necessarily, you know, paint our face and hide in the rafters of our job, you know, so to speak. But, uh, you know, to grow a beard and, and to just be wearing black and just kind of be brooding, uh, it, it's more tied to reality. It's, it's more uh, what the rest of us would do if we were kind of going through something at the time. So, I mean, I, I, kind of, I, I like what they're doing. He was a guy in desperately need of, of a repackaging and, uh, you know, I, I just like this this loner mentality. It's just like you said, Dave, the biggest question with anything, you know, when it comes to wrestling is, you know, what exactly is the payoff going to be? Where are they going to go with the character? And, you know, things are new and fresh and they become old and stale really quickly in the world of wrestling, especially with, uh, you know, shows on, you know, for TNA once a week, WWE a couple times a week. I mean, you know, you got to have that, that payoff down the road, but... uh yeah, Slammiversary, I mean, having time to develop the storyline, develop where exactly AJ's going, uh, you know, maybe you get the payoff at Slammiversary, but um, I, I just think all, all positive right now as far as uh, where AJ's going. And you know what, Dave, uh, pretty solid match, and I, I really like the finish, uh, making James Storm tap out at the end. Yeah, that was different. I like that because, you know, I mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about a possible Kofi Kingston heel turn that was rumored. And I said in that conversation that Kofi had to change his in-ring style to wrestle more like a heel because if he kept doing the same stuff, he was going to kept he was going to keep getting the same babyface reactions because regardless, if anybody flip-flops and flies around the ring, you're going to get a ooh, ah, and people are going to cheer and you'll get your, you know, your your this is awesome chance or whatever. If Styles kept doing some of that same stuff, I'm not saying he's making a full fledged heel turn, but he's got a darker edge to him. He's gonna have to wrestle a little bit more aggressively and not be so acrobatic. And having a submission move like that and changing his arsenal a little bit, that's what impresses me a lot about guys, is when they change their arsenal and, 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 and to go along with their character. And having a submission move and making somebody, you know, tap out and which is the ultimate you know f you to, to to say i quit so to speak um in wrestling to have him do that really works well with his darker character and it makes him more aggressive to have that kind of move and 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 or a submission hold i should say and it will it will definitely help further down the line with other storylines if let's say just for argument's sake he were to have a storyline with kurt angle and it's all about the ankle lock versus whatever he calls this, you know, this leg submission move that he's doing. I mean, you can you, you could you could play off like that. There's so many different options that they could go with this. And I think they're really going in the right positive direction. And 
if you're listening out there, TNA Wrestling, you're welcome for the suggestion about repackaging AJ Styles because you definitely heard it here first on the Ken Reedy Show. Yeah, and you know, and you're right. I mean, to me, this 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 is really showing how talented AJ is. And you know, we've talked to Doctor uh, Rice on the show, Reese, Doctor Reese, excuse me, on the show, expert on uh, in-ring psychology. And you know, you do find a lot of times in wrestling that you know certain guys, you know, may have a heel turn, face turn. They they're they're working a certain character, but their move set doesn't necessarily fit the character they're, they're portraying, you know, and you got to, when you're talking in-ring psychology, when you're talking about the psychology of a character, you're, you're talking about following through. You don't just, you know, hit that psychology and, and character development in your promos. You got to hit in your promos, but it's not just the promos. It's the promos. It's how you walk down to the ring. It's your interaction with the fans. And then it's physically how you work a match. And there are little subtleties as far as, working a match where you can tweak your character, change your character. And I, I think AJ, this is one of those things where we're seeing truly how talented AJ can be. And uh, subtle changes like that, that submission hold uh, at the end. You know, if he, if we want to facilitate this character, and you bring up a great opponent, if he actually gets Kurt Angle to tap in, in that hold, I mean, that would be tremendous putting this, this character over and still having him not ally himself with anybody so you know you don't know how long you can go with the guy just brooding and and not uh really telling people where his head is at but uh uh for right now i i think everything is working and and again you know you you watch things and, and you watch storylines and you know i mean i'm curious i'm enjoying ace and aids for the time being and, and i'm curious to see each and every week where they're going to go i like seeing bully ray uh, you know, a guy cuts a mean promo. But as far as, you know, real, I mean, real solid intrigue, you know, that, that idea that I really want to see next week where they're going to go, where this character is going to develop. You know, for me, for this wrestling fan, first time in a long time that I'm really like next week on Impact, I want to see how they further AJ's character. I really want to see where exactly they're going to go with that. And that's, that's tremendous for him, and, and I'm curious to see how the, the year progresses. But overall, I thought Impact, uh, you know, I, I thought that was real solid development, and I thought Impact uh, overall was a real solid show. Um, again, I'm still join, enjoying the Ace and Eights uh, storyline. Uh, they've, you know, one of the criticisms we, we had for a time being was that Ace and Eights was made up of uh, a bunch of jobbers. And every time, you know, they're supposed to be the most feared group in wrestling, and they just kept losing. Uh, not the case anymore, Dave. No, not not the case anymore. I will say, I will say though, you know, you mentioned, you know, Aces and Eights being a group of jobbers. Um, you know, I noticed this the past few weeks to watching Impact. Um, you know, Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe. Yes, they're both young in the business, but. Um, uh, and this is a good opportunity for them for a main storyline to be a part of. But um, at the same time, you know, and I'm no expert, but it's just to this wrestling fan, at least with Wes Briscoe, he comes off like he's not comfortable in his own skin with this character. Like a lot of the stuff that he says and does is pretty forced. Um, and it just, it just doesn't seem genuine. Like he's not really like tapping into the character, um, so to speak. Um, 
I'm not really, you know, too keen on Wes Briscoe. Garrett Bischoff, kind of the same thing. Um, he seems to, to speak better than, than Briscoe does. And his in-ring is solid for, for a guy who's, you know, young in the business. But I just don't, I mean, I just don't, it's not clicking with me with those two guys. I like, and we talked about this on the show a few months ago, I wasn't really too thrilled with it at first, but now it's starting to really, you know, uh, grow on me. But, you know, Mr. Anderson, um, he was kind of a, a, an island unto himself for a long period of time, and they didn't really know what to do with him. He'd fluctuate. He, he turned heel and baby face so many times, more than, more than you know, Brutus Beefcake's character changes. I mean, seriously, like, he was just all over the place. And now they've put him in a position where he almost has somewhat of an important role in Aces and Eights. Um, you know, I don't know what his title is in the group. I don't think there really is a title, but he's got a pretty important role, almost like a recruiter of sorts. You know, he's been trying to recruit AJ Styles, and and I like where they're going with him. Uh, you know, they revealed Delo Brown as the vice president, and it's, I'm not really, sit, you know, sitting with that either. Like, he, he doesn't do anything for me, and he's not doing anything on the show. Like, maybe a couple of interferences there, but he just kind of stands there, and he's, you know, he's just, uh, you know, human furniture when when, when Bully and uh, Devon are out there. Um, but I, I did love the interaction that Bully and Devon had with uh, Joseph Parks in the locker room when they attacked him and humiliated him and threw him in the shower. I, I, I've been liking that the two of them are back together, and like in a group, but not as a tag team. And but I also like that they kind of reunited backstage together in a, in a in a vignette, and they kind of brought some of that old Dudley Boys persona, like with the bullying. Well, you know, no pun intended to bully Ray, but with the bullying of Joseph Parks, um, which was kind of cool, and I like that. I could, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if they got rid of maybe a couple of guys like. Briscoe and Bischoff, and maybe Briscoe and Bischoff can go work in OVW and TNA's developmental territory, and uh, they plug in a couple of guys into the group. Because, um, I mean, to me, it's just, it still seems like it's Bully, Devon, and Anderson, and the rest of the guys are just like, they're, they're, there's no real development of character. With these guys, I know they're trying to really put Briscoe and Bishop over by having them work with Kurt Angle, but it's just not clicking with me. I don't know about you. I, I hear what you're saying with Briscoe. I mean, I do like, and I, I think they got a further development. I kind of like Doc and, and Knox kind of together as a almost a tag team. I'd like to see them, you know. Yeah, I, I like that too. Maybe in the in the tag team picture. Which, on a side note, aside from. Uh, you know, ace and eights, and I'd love to see those two move into the tag picture. TNA's done a real nice job at, at rebuilding their tag team division. I mean, it's they took single stars, but uh, there's a real, legit, exciting tag team picture uh, right now in TNA. Uh, you know, I, I love what Aries and Rude do together, uh, very entertaining stuff. Uh, Chavo and Supermax and uh, obviously Bad Influence. Uh, you know, why not throw these guys from Ace and Eight into the mix going after the tag belts? But uh, I hear what you're saying, that he just doesn't look uh, Briscoe, just doesn't look entirely comfortable. Uh, you know, and again, I'm curious to see where the storyline goes. One thing they could go with, and we again, we're both uh, Sons of Anarchy fans. Uh, you know, I have myself have always been before. I mean, that's kind of why I started watching the show. I've always been fascinated with that subculture, that motorcycle club uh, subculture. Um, you know, there is a ceremony. 
There is uh, quite a, you know, you can be kicked out of uh, the band. You can, you know, you have your patch removed. Uh, you know, sometimes there are things very extreme. If you have a, a tattoo of the motorcycle club, that either has to get blackened out or uh, burned or cut off uh, in some extreme cases. So I, I wouldn't necessarily mind if they wound up booting someone out. And we saw some facsimile of uh, that ceremony uh, with Ace and Aids booting someone out. Um, it, it seems like for whatever reason, and maybe because they're they're younger guys, that they, they are kind of forcing uh, Bischoff and Briscoe kind of down our throats, and they're really trying to put the two of them over. I agree with you. I don't know, you know, how much those two guys are, are working for me, but... Uh, you know the the whole the thing is a whole. I guess it's like I separate it. Like if I start to analyze each little thing, I guess I, I could I could be critical. But as a whole, I'm enjoying the Ace and Eight storyline. Um, and and to to take a break from the the Ace and Eight uh, conversation, we'll get back to TNA. And we want to get out to your calls. We have uh, some breaking news. Uh, unfortunate breaking news from Powerbomb Pro Wrestling. Uh, this page will be closing down. Thanks to all the fans for their continued support, and please continue following and believing your passion for the best sport in the world, pro wrestling. So, of all days, uh, we have someone from pro wrestling, uh, Powerbomb Pro Wrestling News, uh, scheduled on the show to interview. Uh, he will not be able to uh, be on the show today because they're shutting down, which is unfortunate. So, um, C.W. Smith... Uh, you know, hopefully we'll get him on the show in the future. He's also a guy who's training uh, to be a wrestler, and he's involved in NWA Edge, so uh, uh, another guy in the NWA. So we'd like to get him back on and talk wrestling at some point in the future. But for now, uh, due to circumstances beyond uh, their control, uh, they're actually being forced to shut down. So uh, once things settle down with uh, Powerbomb and, and C.W. Smith and everything, uh We'll get them back on and, and talk wrestling. So, uh, you know, Dave, I mean, it's funny because we, for the past couple of weeks, it was like we, we just kind of discovered it and uh, caught some really interesting stories on there and thought it would be really cool to have a rep over. So, uh, unfortunate, uh, they're shutting down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I one of the reasons why, you know, when we talked about this in, you know, like our pre-show meetings, one of the reasons why I wanted to to exploit this this, this story, whether it's true or not, um, is because a lot of the a lot of the internet sites, the main big websites like WrestleZone and 411 and Pro Wrestling Insider, really didn't, you know, you know, jump on this hot topic um, of The Rock leaving after WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, they brought up some good points. I don't know if you would like to discuss it. I'm more than willing to, you know, bring up some of them. But apparently yeah, there were, I mean, apparently there was talk that, you know, The Rock wanted, he had talked, like, the relationship was, was kind of strained going into WrestleMania with the, with the company um, between himself, you know, and, and uh, Triple H. Because he dealt directly with Vince when he made this deal, and Triple H has been more hands-on with it. And him and Triple H kind of have a, you know, a love-hate kind of relationship. It's, you know, pretty much touch and go. They respect each other, and they respect what they've done in the business, but there's some, you know, underlying heat that probably hasn't been resolved. Um, and uh, Rock apparently had told the company that he will not work the Extreme Rules pay-per-view um, the Friday before WrestleMania. And then there was talk that he had stormed, you know, he did not like the finish 
for WrestleMania, losing to John Cena. Um, and then he stormed out of MetLife Stadium, you know, saying he was injured, told the doctors that, you know, he'll go see his own doctor, but didn't indicate he was leaving. Um, and one of the plans was to do The Rock, you know, Rock to wrestle the Extreme Rules, but to do him, John Cena, and CM Punk in a triple threat match for the title. Um, because those were the three guys that were in the title picture, you know, for the first for the better part of this, you know, first few months of the year. Um, and then, of course, we know the story that he didn't, you know, show up at Raw the next day, and he they tried calling him, and he didn't get in contact with them until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they got five hours till showtime, so they had to frantically rewrite the show. And they were saying, you know, the injury thing came up, but if he was injured, why didn't he tell them before he left? I mean, there's so many different, you know, you know, stories going around that, you know, this is what Powerbomb Pro Wrestling has reported. Um, there was even talk of when they rewrote the show of uh, doing uh, Mark Henry and Ryback and John Cena in the triple threat for Extreme Rules, um, but that didn't come to fruition. And from what I understand, when they brought the idea up of The Rock appearing on Raw to cut a promo, even if he was injured, they wanted Brock Lesnar to take him out, and they set up next one of next year's big main events for WrestleMania, The Rock and Brock Lesnar, and apparently The Rock had turned that down due to the fact that he didn't want to work with Lesnar because of the way Lesnar was booked. Lesnar has only won one match officially since he's been back over in a year. He's wrestled three times and has won one out of the three matches. Um, but he had requested that he work with The Undertaker because he thinks that will be the biggest match that ever ever takes place at WrestleMania. Um, and from what the reports say, it indicates that if Rock wanted to work with Undertaker, then that would probably be The Rock's last match with the company. Uh, but he would not come back, and he would just make movies and ride off into the sunset. I don't know how true that is, but it's very interesting all this stuff has come about. And and one of the reasons, like I said, why I have latched on to Powerbomb Pro Wrestling News for some of my news, you know, to, to cite some of the sources, if you remember a few months back when they had that Q&A with The Rock and John Cena on Raw and the w, and they they announced WWE legends were going to be a part of it, Ric Flair was supposed to be one of those guys, and it ended up Booker T ended up replacing Ric Flair in that segment. But Powerbomb Pro Wrestling was the first one to report that. They reported that, like, mid-afternoon, I'd say about 2 or 3 o'clock, I remember. It was on their Facebook, and I went to go check all the dirt sheets online. There was no sign of it whatsoever. And then... When it made the dirt sheets, finally, it was at like 6.30, 7 o'clock that they said that Flair was scheduled to be a part of it, but he had a blood clot in his leg and he had to leave. So that's why I've kind of, you know, taken into account that some of these stories that they're reporting with The Rock and then, of course, the other stuff I just mentioned could potentially be true. And if this is all true about The Rock, then... To me, as a wrestling fan, like, I've defended this with him as far as him coming back and it being good for business. And I know a lot of people there don't like the fact that he's been back and he's come sporadically and he's gone over on guys and, you know, he, he comes and goes when he pleases. But this time now, if he were to come back again after him supposedly walking out because he didn't have things go his way and he wants to work with Undertaker and walk away after that. I, I, I'd love to see the match with him and Undertaker. It would be amazing. Streak versus The Rock, I mean, that would be cool. But 
I think he should come back and put over some of the younger guys. What about put over a Ryback? Or what about put over an Alberto Del Rio? Or what about a, if you want to have a big money match, have a big money match with him and Triple H, too. They had a great rivalry in the late 90s, and it really helped the both of them get into the main event scene in the WWE. So, I, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on are, are on it, Ken, but, I mean, it's – I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards believing it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. The, the stuff with the Rock, you just get, as time goes on as a wrestling fan, it just seems like you just get more and more soured on things. And if this stuff is true, I mean, even all the injury stuff that that you're here and you're reading stuff seemed odd. You know, I, I uh, torn abdominal tendon, but I'm not going to have surgery. As well, look, I had a hernia. Okay, and there's this whole thing, he's not having surgery. Now, I know that when I had my hernia, that, you know, your intestines pop through the abdominal wall. And what happens is, if you don't have the surgery, the abdominal wall will heal around that part of your intestines. And then that part of your intestines will die, which causes all sorts of other health issues. So when the first reports were coming out that, like, he... He was injured, and that's why he left, and it just seemed odd to me. And then on Twitter, he's not having the surgery. We're like, how can he not have the surgery? And then today, supposedly, he's going to have the surgery. And there was he, he actually uh, tweeted, you know, doctor poking the intestines back through my abdominal wall. And that's, that's essentially what – I mean, that's not really a, a big deal like that, you know – I, I was doing that. I remember it grossed people out, but I would just poke my intestines back before I had the surgery. I mean, the hernia itself, at least for me, was not real painful. The surgery sucked. But it, the way it, all the reports were coming out about, you know, the surgery and not having the surgery and, you know, and then you just heard, like, well, he could have just cut a promo and people were annoyed he didn't cut a promo. And like I said, when I had the hernia, the hernia itself was not painful. Uh, I did a lot. I was fairly active while I had the hernia. You would think that The Rock, with that sort of injury, could have been on Raw, could have either taken one bump, or if not that, just cut a promo. So all the stories that you were hearing just <coughs> gelling. And then, like you said, you start reading uh, the, the news coming out of Powerbomb that, uh, you know, that... Uh, he wasn't happy with this, and he stormed off. And then it, that starts to make more sense. Now it makes sense. Like, all right, he's getting pissy. They're 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 floating stories out there to kind of cover it up. And you know that that sounds more realistic to me than the stuff that was coming out initially. So there was there was, there was other there was one other thing too. I forgot to mention that was in that story that they talked about, and it was the fact that there is still legit. I mean. There's still legitimate heat between The Rock and John Cena. Even though they are cordial with each other, respectful with each other from reports I've read, there is still legitimate heat between those two, even to the point where, the where from what I understand, that whole passing of the torch thing might, you know, when, when they raised their arms at the end of the show, might not have been planned. Um, and then that was something that Cena did on his own, waiting at the top of the ramp for The Rock to come up. But... Um, if you notice the look on The Rock's face, I mean, I don't know if it was him playing into the, the, the character, the, the fact that he lost, or if this was legitimate. But, you know, when Cena raised his hand, Rock had his head down, almost in, like, disgust. So I don't know if that was him playing up that he lost or if it was just him legitimately being upset. Um, but to me, like, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I love The Rock. Like, he's entertaining. Like, I mean, not all lately, you know, in the past few years, his stuff is kind of, you know, 
some of it's been funny, but some of it's been, you know, the same old shtick that he's done. But I loved The Rock back in the day. I thought he was one of the best things going on TV, you know, for the WWE. But if this report is true, um, I mean, I hope it's true in the sense that he comes back to wrestle The Undertaker, because I think it would be pretty cool if him and Undertaker wrestled. They didn't have too much interaction, you know, during The Rock's time in the company early, early on, but they had enough where... It's fresh enough where they, if they were to put these two together, hook up at WrestleMania, it would be huge. Um, but like I said, I would like to see him put over some of the younger talent in the future. You know, he he talks about wanting to have the greatest match of all time and entertain the crowd. Well, you got you got guys like Dolph Ziggler, who's widely popular, and, and Ryback, and you know, why are they not big enough on the Rock's level for him to get in a, get involved in a in a storyline with them? I mean, I, I just, I just don't get it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it all. I mean, and this is all hearsay. You know, this is, this is just reports I've read. This is not fact that I know. But I'm starting to believe that it could be fact just by the way things have played itself out. And now he's going to have surgery. And there were rumors of doing a rock match with John Cena possibly at SummerSlam. Now that might not be the case because The Rock is going to be filming Hercules from May till October. So if we do see the rock, it might not be till when the big payday comes, WrestleMania season. So yeah, it's just it's all like it, this whole situation with the rock is is just it's weird, and and there's a lot of you know a lot of non sequiturs with uh, you know where all this stuff is going. It just doesn't it doesn't all add up, and you know you do find it interesting. I mean, and, and you know I get it, and I know there are a lot of guys out there that that hate John Cena, and and I get it, I get it, I I understand the criticism. However, if you could separate yourself from that for a second, he is he is the face of the company. The Rock is a part time guy. Fact, fact. There's no debating that. Cena is the face of the company. The Rock is a part time guy. The right move for the business is for Rock to put Cena over, period. Now, you can you can talk all you want about, you know, well, John Cena sucks, or Rock is so much better, or how can, well, you know, I want The Rock to win, I just want to see Cena lose, whatever the case is. But as far as, like, like if he's just really upset, if he's pissy about the finish, that's just like, like, do, do you, I mean, he's grown up in the business. You would just think, well, The Rock should get it. Like, that's what you have to do. That's the right move. You you could not have Cena lose two years in the in a row to a part time guy, and and you're right for him to come back again and have a match with the Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, would I get excited about that? Absolutely. You know, I mean, with everything that's gone on, I mean, I'll be firmly in in Taker's corner. I mean, I'd be rooting for him in that match. But I mean. You know, yeah, it would be exciting. It would be something. There'd be uh, some doubt. You know, does do, does the Rock is he the one that finally ends the streak? I mean, that's all fine and good, but it does bury the younger guys on the card. I mean, you got two part-time guys. You're going to market, you know, WrestleMania around that when both of them could have a match with someone younger and kind of help to put them over. Uh, it's just it's. It's really interesting, the news we're, we're hearing about him, and who knows what's true and what's conjecture, but things just aren't adding up. So we were hoping that Powerbomb could have helped us uh, kind of draw some of the lines and figure things out, but unfortunately, uh, they'll be closing their site down. Uh, C.W. Smith, uh, just talked to him online, but seems like a real solid dude. So, uh, 
you know, once things settle and, uh, you know, he's back on track, I'm sure we'll have him on the show. We'll talk wrestling news and uh, maybe talk a little NWA wrestling. So we're going to go out to the call soon, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. You want to talk rock? You want to talk TNA? You want to talk anything going on in the business, you know? Who knows where this show's going right now, so... Whatever you want to talk about, talk about on the other side of the commercial break. We'll be right back, guys. The word is spreading. More and more people are switching to Ambit Energy. Well, one of my neighbors switched, and then I switched. Now the whole neighborhood has Ambit. Because those are ones that save money. The word is spreading. Switching to Ambit Energy is rewarding in more ways than one. I signed up and got a travel award. That's nice. Oh, I get to save on energy and on travel? There's a cruise for two out there just a few thousand kilowatts away. I can almost smell the sunscreen. The word is spreading. Ambit Energy even lets you earn free energy. When I get 15 friends to switch, I get free energy. I have 15 friends. At least I think I do. Hey, I'd be telling people to switch to Ambit anyway. If you'd like to switch to Ambit Energy, listen to the following contact information closely. Then spread the word. Joe Miller is an Ambit Energy Independent Consultant. If you want to upgrade or be a consultant, visit his website, mainline.joinambit.com. That's mainline, M-A-I-N-L-I-N-E, dot joinambit.com. Ambit is available in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Texas, and California. There you have it. Check out Ambit Energy. You can save some money on your energy costs. 347-838-9815 is the number to call the best in pro wrestling talk. And before we get to the calls, I got to, you know, we'd be remiss if I didn't mention that today, the oldest living legend, the oldest wrestler alive right now today, Angelo Savoldi, 99 years young. Today is his birthday Happy birthday, Angelo. Wishing you uh, at least 99 more. So uh, great. Uh, I hear he still runs like a couple miles a day. So good for him. Uh, Oldest living wrestler, legend. Um, So happy birthday, Angelo. 99 years young. We're going to go right out to the calls now at this time. As always, we're going to start with our man. Tony is on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, guys. I'm here. How you doing, buddy? So yeah, um, I don't know. Like I said, I I don't know what to make of all this stuff with the Rock, but uh, you know, like I said, um, if they do, you know, like if he's if he, you know, like I don't know, like as of now, I guess he is having surgery or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if he is going to be around next year, I mean, have, doing you know having him versus Undertaker at WrestleMania could you know could be a big you know could be a big draw. But uh, I think you know it's like. Um, you know, like he, he, you know, it's like if he's going to be around, uh, if he's going to be around again next year, you know, in the next year or whatever. I mean, if they could have him put over, you know, something like a, you know, like Dolph Ziggler would give Dolph certainly, certainly give him more credibility if he got a win over the Rock. You know, I mean, even you know, like you know, even Sam Punk, I think you know, you know, because Rock went over on him twice. I mean, you know, maybe you know, it's like you can have you know, Rock put him put him over, you know, like in a in a rematch. You know, just to, just to put over, uh, you know, like I said, just to put over some young guy, you know, some younger guys. You know, like a like I said, like you know, Dolph going over on the on the Rock, or even even the Del Rio, or I mean, even Jack Swagger might get more credibility if if uh, Rock put him over. Here's an idea: 
you know, I, I know that I mentioned about working with the young guys, but, you know, I, I also talked about working with Triple H. And seeing that Triple H is the boss, now he's going to need something to do next year for WrestleMania. What's he going to do, wrestle Brock Lesnar again? Or is he going to have, you know, a match with Shawn Michaels where you find your smile on a pole match? I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> just wish like, I was the booking maybe. <laughs> if if they ever did that, they can thank me for it, and I, I I won't take the credit. But anyhow, what if they had The Rock come back, let's say around WrestleMania time, and if you remember, the night after WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw, Booker T said that The Rock is has a has a right to a rematch for the title. You know, obviously, you know, The Rock can get a title shot, whoever the champion is. Let's say just for argument's sake, the champion is... CM Punk again, and they want to do Rock and CM Punk, but Triple H comes out and says, no, Rock, you're not going to get your title shot. You walked out on the company the night after WrestleMania because things didn't go your way because John Cena beat you, and you didn't want to come back and grace the presence of the fans, so you could set something up with the two of them, almost incorporate this if it's real, this real-life news into something, and then you get, let's say, for instance, Triple H says, no, you're not going to get a rematch just yet. you got to defeat Ryback uh, next week on Raw. And then Hunter kind of just, like, takes it away from him before the match even starts. You can advertise the hell out of it that Rock's going to be there, but he they go they go to have the match. Bell rings. Hunter comes out, and he stops the match and says, nah, you know what? I think i got a better idea. Not this week. Next week, come back, and we'll do something else or, you know, figure something else out. But, you know, that could be something that they could do with The Rock and incorporate this story, like I said, if it's real, into their storyline. And, you know, it would – it would. So you know, a lot of people, they like shoot-style storylines. Well, I mean, if this is true, this could probably – be a hot storyline between the two of them heading into next year's WrestleMania if they wanted to go that route. Just an idea, Stanford. Remember, just an idea. I, I honestly, like you said, I think it's a great idea. I really do. I think that's it. They blurred the lines a little bit and, uh, you know, CEO Triple H or whatever he is, uh, front office Triple H comes out and says, sorry, Rock, you know, no, we have a lot of history, but you walked out on us and uh, I mean, just the promos those two can do off each other and knowing the history going way back, uh, I think that would be tremendous. That would be an amazing storyline that you just you lost your shot at the title. Good stuff, Dave. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> what else you got? What what'd you think of this week in pro wrestling? I mean, you know, and you're a blogger and you you blog on all the shows. Uh I thought it was it was a decent week of, of in ring action this week, Tony. I did too, for the most part. Yeah, like I was, you know, I thought um, most of the, uh, I, you know, I thought Impact was good. You know, but, you know, getting back to that, you know, like the whole um, AJ Styles storyline. I, I thought the match with him and uh, James Storm was really good. You know, I, I like that he, I also like that he uh, had that, you know, like, um, new, uh, new submission in his, uh, you know, in, uh, in his repertoire or whatever. But uh, you know, I thought that. Um, you know, like I said, I, I'm guessing that, you know, it's like maybe like a slam reversal. He'll eventually, you know, like turn on aces and eights or not turn on them, but, you know, it's like, you know, but, you know show that he's not, on that, you know, like as part of that stable. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, and may, I don't know, maybe they'll, you know, like they'll do him and uh, Bully Ray for the, you know, and Bound for, you know, like Bound for Glory. They can do two of them for the belt. 
Yeah, you know, all, all good ideas. What What do you think right now of the Ace and Eights though? Do you, are you enjoying them? I we talked a little bit about uh, Briscoe and just the character not fitting. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ace and Eights? It, well, uh, Bubba and Devon are are, are are outstanding. You know, those, those guys are awesome. But as far as the rest of this, you know, it's like, I, I, uh, Mr. Anderson is like he's always been a very hit and miss guy with me. Um, West Briscoe, Garrett Bischoff, those guys are those guys. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's like they don't they don't really seem to work for me either. Uh, you know, like yeah, they had they had matches with Kurt Angle, but you know, it's uh, I don't know. I, I still think those guys are uh, still need some seasoning. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that um, this past Thursday was the. Uh, I don't remember seeing uh, Doc or Mike Knox or Ducks or whatever the hell his name is. Um, I don't think we had seen him in a while before this week. So I mean, you know, like I said, maybe like do they, like put the tag titles on them just before you know more uh, championships and aces and eights. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put them over as, like, you know, such a dominating group, I mean, it, it would stand to reason. I mean, at some point, why not give them all the belts before you before you start to tear them down? I mean, that's the thing with these groups in wrestling. You know, you got to – there's a process. You got to build them up, but then at some point, you got to tear them down. They have two of the belts in their faction. I mean, why not start piling in the, the belts over there? So uh, I, I'd like to see it, too. I think that's a good idea. Tony, as always, thank you for the phone call. Uh, Tony is – the best blogger in the business. Go over to thekenreadyshow.com, Raw, SmackDown, and Impact blogs. Uh, if you happen to miss a show or just want some insight, go over there. He blogs for each and every show. Uh, Tony, thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right. Talk to you there. Thanks. And we're going to stick with the calls. Actually, you know, again, breaking news all the time. Just got this in, uh, you know, from our man, uh, Carlos, who continues to uh, – Help us out, but uh, just so you guys know, and I, I, I can't recommend this promotion enough, but House of Hardcore is returning on Saturday, June 22nd, 2013, and they're going to be taking over the Philadelphia National Guard Armory in Philadelphia. That is the National Guard Armory in Philadelphia. And we are working on right now having a representative from House of Hardcore uh, on an upcoming episode. So we are trying to have some sort of involvement going forward uh, in House of Hardcore. But uh, I know right now uh, the last House of Hardcore, uh, the Young Bucks wrestled uh, London and Hendricks, London and Kendricks, and uh, that match was tremendous, and they're getting a rematch on this future show. And I believe John Morrison has also been signed on to uh, for this event. So House of Hardcore, June 22nd. And we're currently negotiating to try and have the Ken Reedy show have some sort of involvement on the show. So there you have it. Check them out. Go check out House of Hardcore. Get your tickets because the last show was absolutely tremendous. And we're going to go continue with the phone calls and we're going to go out. We got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah. How you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you this nope. evening? Good. Dave, I couldn't agree with you more. That's why you're the best co-host in the business. On uh, what side when you made when you made that point about the rock. What they should do with the rock and triple H. Oh triple oh, H. Really? Oh, I, I like oh, that. that. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean well, it's you know, guys are, it's, I'm sorry, it's a money match. I mean it's a it's you know, I'm not 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 to, you know, take away time from your call, but I mean it's a it's a money match that, I mean, the rivalry that they had in the late nineties like really helped for for instance 
you know, summer '98, they had a series of matches, television pay-per-views, and it pretty much culminated at SummerSlam from Madison Square Garden in 1998. They had a ladder match for the Intercontinental Title, and Triple H finally got the win over The Rock. And you know, he he didn't have the title for long because he was hurt, but that was the launching point for like The Rock to like really be on his own and move away from the nation. I mean, at one point, that New York crowd was so hot for him that like everything he did, they were cheering him, and. You know, just the intensity that the two of them brought, and like Ken said, you know, the, the the microphone work that they could have building up to it, you know, it could be a huge match. You know, it could be along the lines of, I would say, like, what Triple H and The Undertaker was, the end of an era, because it could be the, the last time that you ever see Triple H and The Rock of their era compete against one another. And I mean, you don't have to promote it as end of an era, but like you could say like the final encounter and like bring up the history between the two of them. And of course the present stuff that they were to, that they were to incorporate in the storyline. I just think, I mean, it's a, it's a match that I think a lot of old school wrestling fans and the current ones today would love to see. If the kid, if the John Cena fans, the seven, eight year olds have never seen that stuff before, but they know who triple H and the rock are. I wouldn't be surprised that they'd want to see that match too. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, guys, a couple things. Uh, first of all, I just want to let the wrestling... Uh, Ox Baker is doing very well. He's resting comfortably at St. Francis Hospital in in Connecticut. And um, also, this Thursday coming up, Mr. Trivia is looking forward to seeing his first uh, TNA show. I'm all psyched about it. I've never seen TNA before other than on TV, but I've never seen it at the arena, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is about 90 minutes from where I live. That's awesome. So, yeah, so next next Sunday, I uh, definitely would like an insider report on what the crowd was like and uh, what it was like. I've always – any any live TNA show I've gone to, I've always enjoyed. They, they, it, they're they usually a lot of fun live. But, um, yeah, definitely give us a report next week on um, what you thought oh, of the crowd. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get the VIP treatment because I told them I knew Ken Reedy and Dave Rosenblum, and they're going to give me the VIP treatment. They might kick so, you uh, out. Oh well, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know anything about that. But uh, hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I received a phone call uh, last night on the Top Rope Report that there's possibly something in the works where a friend of mine is trying to get me a call-in interview with. DOC Luke Gallows. He he knows a guy who knows Luke Gallows, and he called me up last night and he says, "How'd you like to do an interview on your show with Luke Gallows?" And for a minute there, the name didn't sound familiar at first, and it's like, <laughs> "Oh wait, you mean the guy DOC?" Okay, it's like, "Yeah, sure." So keep me posted. So we're probably going to be doing something. He's going to be giving me a call back by the end of the week. And I'll see if it went through or not. And if it did, I'll do the interview and I'll definitely post it for you guys. Cool, yeah. And, and just uh, you know, that's awesome. A current TNA star. Uh, why don't you let everyone know if uh, they want to check out you and, and your Top Rope show, uh, how they can check that out? Exactly. You can check out the Top Rope Report on Facebook. You can go to Top. Well, you can just uh, you know check it out when I post it on the Top Rope page, or you can go to Top Rope Report on YouTube. You can check all that out. There's uh, interviews. There's promos on there. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be getting a word with Ox Baker when he gets out of the hospital, probably tomorrow or Tuesday, to check on how he's feeling. They thought it was a heart attack, but uh, come to find out it wasn't. He's just uh, overworked. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, you're 79 years old. Time to slow down a little bit. 
But uh, well, I, guys, I mean, it was a pleasure talking. Yeah. yeah, it's good news that it was not a heart attack. Give uh, you know, the best to, to Ox from uh myself and Dave, and uh, glad to hear he's recovering. And uh, thanks a lot for the call. All right, guys, we'll talk to you Tuesday. Take it easy. Right, bye bye. Well, that's, uh, you know, Dave, some encouraging news. It wasn't, you know, reports were saying that it was a heart attack, but it was not a heart attack. So, uh, good news. Glad he's he's resting comfortably. You know, it's funny. I had a friend once that they thought he had a heart attack. And talk about a convergence of events. He, he was, you know, a little bit stressed out. Uh, he had some anxiety. He, uh, and, and so he was, he was kind of anxious and had, got a little bit of shortness of breath. And he had started a new workout program. I didn't know it, but he had a slight tear in in his pectoral, and so all those things like combined at at one time, and he was convinced he was having a heart attack, and it just so happened it was like all the other factors together. So, good news. You never know like what the human body is going to do sometimes. So, uh, all the best to Ox Baker. Glad it wasn't a heart attack. Glad he is recovering. We're going to stick with the phones because we have Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? What? No entrance music this week. <laughs> oh, no, oh, you're bigger than the rest of the callers now because you got entrance music one week. <laughs> How you guys doing? Doing all right. How are you? What do you got for us? I'm doing good. Um, glad to hear you guys are safe as always. Um, I don't know. You were talking about this whole rock thing going on. Has the rock really? Like, I know his persona is always to be bigger than everybody else, but has. Art imitated life, or has life imitated art to where The Rock really believes as a person? Is Does Dwayne Johnson, there you go, that's how you make it easier. Does Dwayne Johnson really believe that he is better than everybody else because he's from a different era? Like, has he forgotten that at some point there was some big-name wrestler that helped him get over, that helped him make him a name? Yeah, he's got, you know, his... Is, if I'm not mistaken, a third generation wrestler in his family, or second? No, third. third. He's third. third. Third generation wrestler. Yeah, you know he's he's got the, the he's got the background in it, but to still make it in the company, you need more than just a name. And if all this is true, he's going to either get a big reality check from somebody, hopefully somebody like Triple H. Or he's just going to fall from grace. And before he realizes it, no pun intended, but let's hope he doesn't hit rock bottom, <laughs> that he is better than everybody else. And the yeah, next thing you know, everybody runs, you know, everybody's not around anymore. And, you know, and all, all this stuff. All, all this stuff, all the stories are, are, you know, it's purely speculation, and, and you don't know. We're, we're talking about it. You, you don't know what's true and, and what's not. You know, it makes it makes for fun talk radio, and you, you talk and debate. Um, look, fame and money can change people. I don't know The Rock. I don't know him personally. Uh, you, you hear some good out there. You hear some bad. Who knows? Who knows uh, what's true and what's not? Uh, could the fame and fortune have gone to his head? Absolutely. Could the fact that so many wrestling fans out there keep saying, oh, I long for the Attitude Era, and that was The Rock's heyday, could that have gone to his head? Absolutely. Um, you know, The Rock is great. He is one of the best talkers 
ever in the history of wrestling to the point where I would I would probably disagree, but if you were under the belief that he was the greatest talker ever, not gonna get mad at you. You know, he's he's just that good. Um you know, he's just he's a very talented performer. He is you know, to me, bar none, I, he's the most successful wrestler outside of wrestling ever. You know, you had Hogan kind of try the whole movie thing and, and get into any other TV show, but, you know, none of it really quite seemed to work. Uh, you know, Stone Cold has is, is kind of moved into, a, you know, having a, a decent career with a lot of uh, straight-to-video movies. Uh, the Rock is, is doing solid blockbusters, so... Uh, you know, is it, is it possible that all this has gone to his head? Yeah. Uh, is it possible that he just thinks he's bigger than everyone else? Yeah. But who knows? Um, I just, for me, and that, again, that's why it makes it uh, for fun talk radio, just the things weren't adding up to me uh, for him just not to be there on, on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. And then all the, the different reports we were hearing on the injuries, nothing was really adding up to me. So... Who knows, but it makes for good uh, talk show fodder, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to defend The Rock, but, um, you know, one of the reports I read, this didn't come from Powerbomb. This actually came from, I want to say, The Spotlight, uh, which is also on Facebook. They also have a, a, a an Internet show, but I'm not going to promote them because we got to promote our show. Um, anyhow, <laughs> they, they made mention that um, The Rock – you know, in the movie business, um, The Rock didn't take a, um, a a guaranteed salary for for the movie Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg. He offered to um, or he opted in in his contract with the with the the movie production group to uh, to take a percentage of the gross. So, Pain and Gain comes out this coming Friday. Um, him being a part of, if he were to have been a part of Extreme Rules, he would have needed to promote the hell out of that movie in hopes that they have a huge opening weekend or, you know, for, for box office numbers. It would have been difficult for him to to be around. He, I mean, he's done it before. I mean, he did it with, you know, this past WrestleMania where he was gone for a couple of weeks to promote G.I. Joe. Um, and that did great numbers. I don't know what his contract situation was with that, but but this particular movie I read, he's only taking a percentage of the overall gross from the box office, so instead of a guaranteed salary, so maybe it was just perfect timing that you know, and the, and the company didn't know where he you know just opted to walk away because he needed to promote this movie so that he could make the most from the overall gross from the box office. I mean, I, I don't know. Everything's here say it's all possible, but it's very disappointing if this news were to come true that this is how he handled things towards the end um, of his run. You know, and, and, and but it could also make for some great television when he comes back too. So I kind of want to believe it, but I kind of don't. So we'll just have to you know see where the you know the 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 chips lie. Uh, I, th- I think that if it if it is true. A match with Taker would probably be a wake-up call for Rock because Taker, as old as he is, or even Brock, they don't hold back. And, I don't know, maybe he needs if it is true. But, like you said, it's all speculation. It's all hearsay until until there's proof. But, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Thanks a lot for the call, Dank. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. 
and exit music, and I'm the goddamn co-host. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I just I just played it. It was, like, coincidentally, I played, like, right before Dank's uh, uh, call last week. So it, it's become, like, part of his thing. Fan. Dank. Oh. Yeah, well, I wish Fan <laughs> Dank would go. <laughs> All right. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. On the other side, we're going to have one Ricky Morton, but for now, we're going to go a day with our 50-50 news update. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show, where I give you the top five most interesting and newsworthy stories of the week in professional wrestling. Our first story this week, on Thursday, the WWE's COO, Chief Operating Officer, Triple H, and Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida, unveiled plans for a brand-new training facility for the WWE NXT Developmental Territory. The new facility will house seven wrestling rings for talent to train and learn their craft, a state-of-the-art production room where Full Sail University students will learn to produce WWE NXT programming, as well as talent learning the production side of the business. The new training center will provide over 100 jobs to the local Orlando economy. This new project has been named the WWE Performance Training Center, and this new facility is expected to open later this summer. Free agent and former ECW, WWE, and TNA star Rob Van Dam indicated on Twitter this week that he has signed a contract. Rumors swirling around during WrestleMania weekend indicated that RVD signed a two-year deal with the WWE after being spotted at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony as a guest of Hall of Fame inductee Booker T. No reports have confirmed a contract signing with the WWE. However, the contract he did sign was with a company called Hound Comics to release a comic book. No details of the basis of this comic book have been released, but Rob Van Dam plans to announce promotional information next week. Speaking of John Morrison, former WWE star John Morrison will be hosting a seminar at the American Legion in Chino, California, on April 26th from 1 to 3 p.m. The fee is set at $40. For more information, email the IWL at insanewl. 321 at yahoo.com. TNA Wrestling in the past few weeks have been searching for a location for the big annual Bound for Glory pay-per-view here in the year 2013. A couple of weeks ago, I reported that Chicago was one of the names rumored to host the big event. I can now announce another name, another city has been rumored to host that event as well, that being San Diego, California but no reports have confirmed if they've decided on San Diego. And our final story this week, there's a new article posted on NJ.com, stands for New Jersey, that states workers involved with building WWE's stage and set for WrestleMania 29, WWE Fan Access, and Monday Night Raw earned approximately $1.4 million in gross salaries and benefits. 450 people, some as far away as Cleveland, Ohio, benefited financially from WWE's annual mega event coming to their area this year. 
Friday nights, MeTV, 11 p.m. The host of this show, Ken Reedy, he is also the host of NWA on Fire. Check it out. Friday nights, MeTV, 11 p.m. And season nine of The Gun Show, Bob Arian, Steve Off, and El Rotundo Genioso. They've got all kinds of crazy hijinks. Check it out. YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. And there you have it. That, my friends, is the Day 5 News Report only heard here on The Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, good stuff, and we are going to get right into it because right now we're privileged. We have on the line wrestling royalty, legend, Ricky Morton on the line. Ricky, are you there? Hey, man, I'm doing great, guys. I was just listening to the news on your radio, man. Very interesting. I liked it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. It's really great to have you on. Uh We'd like to, you know, we love having legends on and going back and, and learning uh, the, the history uh, of the business. Uh, give us a little little take on, on how you got started with the Rock and Roll Express, how you uh, got involved with uh, Gibson, how you guys decided to team up. Just give us a little bit of history. Well, well guys, it's all, you know, I first started my career off at, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, for a guy named Nick Dillis. But, but then I went to Memphis, Tennessee at the time where uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler ran the territory. But understand, I, I left. You know, at the time you had different territories you wrestled in. And uh, I went down to the state of Texas. And meanwhile, we were down there in the, in the Memphis, Mid-South area with uh, with Jerry and them. They had a tag team there called the Fabulous One, Stan Lane. And Steve Kern, and at the time, I, I, I don't know, Jerry Lawler, he came to San Antonio, Texas to wrestle, and he asked me if I'd be interested in coming back to Memphis and teaming up with Robert Gibson and making another tag team. So we uh, we both went back, and we did, you know, and it was, it was really funny, man, because uh, we got there, and they didn't know what to do, Jerry Lawler, Jimmy Hart, Dutch Mantell, a lot of them, you know, Jerry Lawler's one really came up with the idea, and uh you know, the R, Ricky and Robert, R and R. And we come up, you know, finally somebody came up with the Rock and Roll Express, the name. And our debut was on that Sunday. <laughs> and they really plugged it hard on the TV on that Saturday because then TV was live every Saturday morning. But when he was running Memphis on that Sunday for some reason, I forgot years ago. But and understand me, man, it, it was. We didn't have we didn't know what we was gonna do, what we was gonna wear, we was just there. So Jerry Lawler brought a couple pair of his long tights and the ones I had was like maroon color maroon colored and due to ones Robert had were like skin colored. And when he put him on from far off he looked like he was naked. But it was <laughs> alright. But then <laughs> but uh and then we just it was a they was having an outdoor flea market out behind uh the Mid South Coliseum, and me, Lawler, and Robert walked over there. And damn, dude, we had a, you know, we started buying bandanas and feathers and chains and all kinds of stuff. And we went back in the room, but it really, at first, I was, I put that on. I, you know, and when you have a lot of pride in this business, I said, God, man, I'm a, to myself, you know, man, I'm ashamed to go out there and look at my guy. Because I never did nothing like that. I didn't, uh, but you know, we went out to, and they played our music. We come out, dude, and 
the two guys we worked with, uh, I can't remember, it was Pago Pago or somebody, but we, but it clicked right off the bat. And uh, when it clicked like that, you know, we come out from the match, so I remember one of the fans walked up to me out back after the show, and he goes, damn, man, I didn't know if y'all was Indians or Gypsies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, it, but it, the book from there, it went on, man. And, brother, we had a, you know, matter of fact, this year is our 30 years. Of being wrestling partners, buddy, and we, Robert and I are still going strong, dude. We still <laughs> wrestle uh, four or five nights a week. Wow. I know that we're older, but but we still enjoy ourselves. But you know, one thing that we do do is is that we do perform. Uh, I know when I get to a certain age, you know, I love wrestling, dude. It's my whole life, I, you know, I was growing up in a wrestling family. My dad was a professional wrestler. Then he refereed in the Mid South area for. Jarrett and him for years, named Paul Morton. And uh, I was in the wrestling business all my life. I just uh, I love what I do. I love entertaining. Uh, but when it gets to the point that I can't do my job, that's when I would, you know, I step out of the ring. But, dude, I, you know, I don't know. I'm owing to it. I see a picture of myself. Hello? No, yeah. I mean, you know, we got to see you at PWS. You guys still tremendous. You still uh, can go. So, I mean, uh you know, I don't see, a, I mean, do, do you have an end date in sight, or you're just like, you know what, in, until the body stops, I'm just going to keep going? Until the body stops, buddy, because, you know, you know basically, dude, you got to understand that it's really how I still make a living. And, uh, you know, it's all I've ever done with wrestle. Uh, you know, people can say, you know, whatever they want to, but, you know, I still, and we still do good business. I don't know if you heard about Last Saturday night up in uh, Waynesboro, Virginia, where Robert and I wrestled X-Pac and Kevin Nash, where they put 500 more people than they're supposed to in the building. Uh, you know, the fire marshals came in, but, I mean, we – and what a great match we had. And uh, unbelievable to see uh, Robert and I work with Kevin and X-Pac. And, and believe it or not, guys, you know, it's just business. Got to hand it off, you know, Kevin put us over with the double drop kick. And it was, uh, but what a hell of a match we had. That, that's tremendous. Uh, going back again, like, you actually, you guys worked with uh, Lanny Poffo and Randy Savage. Uh, curious, early on, uh, I think it was back early 80s, 83, 84, um, could you see greatness in Randy? Did you? Could you see how talented he was? Was he a diamond in the rough? What were your thoughts on a, on a working with the young Randy Savage? Well, I knew Randy way before then, dude. Uh, uh, Randy was always a great worker. Yeah, I don't know if you guys you know Randy was a semi-pro uh, baseball player yeah. and uh, very athletic. Uh, I knew, you know, Randy, I knew his dad, Angelo, real good. You know, I, matter of fact, we all grew up together around that area. Uh, you know, before Randy didn't come in, they ran – up like up in Missouri and up in Kentucky had their own little territories that that was small but it was great but you know Randy dude and Lanny too I mean uh, I enjoyed really you got to understand back in those days and uh, not being rude or putting anybody down you had to be able to work to even get to ring and you had to be good and uh, but Randy was one of those you know you have good workers you have great wor- workers and Randy was in the category of a great worker. And if you notice on, the, on those days back in Memphis, if you've seen Robert and I wrestle, uh, Randy, Atlanta, we, you know, Randy Savage and I were the first one to 
silver go through a table, break a table. I don't know if you ever seen that video or not in Memphis, Tennessee, but uh, it was a great thing. We lose the first one ever do that, man. Wow, I, I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it before. Yeah, see, he piled drive me through the table, and uh, and it wasn't one of these tables like they got these days. It was <laughs> one of them big hard two by four, you know, plywood tables, you know. But uh, and it actually got over real good when we did that. Dude, we drew a lot of money off that. That's awesome. Ricky, I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, personally as a fan, when I first saw you, I saw, um, you know, you, you guys working with the Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and Bobby, and you guys had some fabulous matches. Some of the, that's probably, actually, I will, you know, publicly admit, and this is the God's honest truth, the first time I ever saw, you know, NWA wrestling, you're, you had a match with the Midnight Express. It was on Saturday morning television. Was the, so you guys were the first image when I saw NWA wrestling, and that's what I associate NWA wrestling with by watching, you know, having you guys be the first match when I thought about it. But I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, the, the, the original Midnight Express had Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry, and then there was Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, and you guys worked with Stan and Bobby as well. Could you tell me, were there were there differences in the chemistry as far as, um, you know, working with those guys? You know, w- were there any differences working between the two teams? You know, did you did you like it? Did you dislike it? Um, you know, did you feel the same um, energy that you had? You know, did you feel the same energy with Stan and Bobby that you did with Bobby and Dennis? Well, you know, when we first started, you know, the, the English with the Minox Express, we first did this before we came to India. Uh, to North Carolina WA down in Louisiana with Bill Watts' territory and everything got over good. But you see, well, I was just telling you a while ago, you know, where you have good workers and you have great workers. Now, understand me, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry were, were great, you know, fantastic, some of the greatest workers ever in our business. And the situation happened, but you got to, you know, where Dennis – Left. I don't know. It was none of my business. I just know he wasn't there. And when you have somebody like Stan Lane to step right in and in the middle of an angle, or, you know, and understand, dude, where we're carrying this territory, where we're selling out everywhere we're going, where Stan Lane just stepped right into the picture. And believe it or not, buddy, we, I mean, right when Stan Lane, it was like being such a great worker that Stan was. Dude, it, it it never missed a beat. There was no like downtime. There was no rebuilding the teens or the Midnight Express. I mean, uh, and I got to hand it. You know, Jimmy Cornette, one of the greatest talkers, interviewers in our business, and it just it it shot right off. It, we, we never missed a beat. I, you know, the the matches were just as good. Maybe some of them might have been better because we got off into different angles that. That you know that built our our run up with the Midnight Express, and I got to hand that to Stan Lane, uh, dude. My hats off to it, dude. When you, when you step into a position like that with one of the top guys and one of the tag, top tag teams, uh, you know it's a lot of a lot of burden, a lot of you know pressure put on you. Stan Lane just tore it up, dude. So uh, you know I'm not sitting here saying nothing bad about Dennis or or nobody else. Dennis is great and. Uh, but when you do something like that, somebody steps in and takes another guy's place. Stan Lane did a terrific job, guys. That that that's awesome. That's awesome. I wanted to also ask you about um, the uh, 
the angle that you, you guys had with the four horsemen, um, where they, you know, jumped you guys in the locker room and they pretty much beat you, beat you so bad that you, uh, you know, you, you, I think they, I want to say on television, I believe they, the angle said that you, they broke your nose and they scrubbed your face on the floor of the dressing room. What was it like working with the horsemen and, um, you know, touring the country, you know, the territory with them and, uh, you know, how far could it have gone any farther than it did with, with the four horsemen and the rock and roll express? Well, buddy, yeah, it could have. It could have went further with that, not only not only with the Four Horsemen, you know, because out of that right there, I went to a deal with Flair. And uh, it could have went a lot, lot further. But uh, let me go back to the beginning of what you just told me. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to you know, dude, I, you know, I, I, I work at the grassroots business all my life. Sometimes I watch WWE, and sometimes I watch Impact Wrestling when – when I'm not on the road because my son loves it a lot, but but my son had a video the other day and he brought it and he showed it to me and I and it's one of the greatest compliments a person could ever get. It's the thing with Steve Austin where he's talking in her interview on one of his videos and they asked Steve about what's your greatest what's one match that you could, that sticks out that's and he, he stopped. Then he said, oh, I'll take that one off the bat. He said, the greatest match he ever seen was Robert and I wrestling Ole and Arn Anderson. And you have to understand, that was a great thing. But, uh, you know, guys, the business was so much different then. You know, we kayfabe. Uh, we worked hard. Uh, and, and you had to earn the especially like Ole Anderson. I don't know. You know, I love Ole, but Ole was old, irritable son of a gun. And when you... You had to earn all his respect. Uh, but after we did our angles and worked, it was some of the greatest things. And, buddy, you can get a lot more out of it. It's a lot of things you can get a lot more out of. But the politics in this wrestling business back then, and it still is today, and I'm not afraid to talk about it, the politics. Buddy, when you get to a certain point, there's some people that want you to go no higher. So we could have done a lot more. Out of it, it went a lot further. But you know, we we sold out everywhere we went. We had a great run with the Andersons, and then off that, you know, I went to a little deal with Flair, and uh, it was good, guys. I, I I enjoyed doing it, and these guys were great. Curious. I mean, you, you talk about your your run with Flair. Um... Like when you look back on your career, I mean, do do you wish you had more in the the area of, of singles competition, are you content being one of the greatest tag teams of all time? What are your thoughts on uh, your career? If, if Not you well, will. buddy, you know, it could have been a situation like that. I could have had a longer run with Flair and understand it, but if I had a longer run with Flair, it would have, uh, you know, it would have uh, abolished the Rock and Roll Express. You hear me? We, they would have split us up. And, I, uh, and to me, I wasn't going to do that. Uh, Started out with Robert. You know, I started in business when I was a kid, but Robert started together, and my God, brother, I'm going to finish it with him. And that's just the way I do it. It might have cost me a lot in my lifetime, but I could sleep at night, and I got to say, you know, uh, dude, I mean, I enjoy who I am, what I am right now, what I've done in the business, guys, as being a tag team wrestler. You talk a lot about the business 
before as compared to the business today? And then you said you do watch uh, WWE and TNA. Um, as someone who is an expert on, on tag team wrestling, uh, what are your thoughts on the the state of tag teams now in professional wrestling? Okay, you know, I'm glad you asked me that, guys, and I really appreciate that because, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't get me wrong, okay, and I'm not disrespecting anybody, anybody out there. You know, a lot of people say that tag team wrestling is dead. And uh, I heard earlier a while ago about John Morrison giving seminars that's coming up, which is great. But you see what Robert and I want to do is maybe start giving tag team seminars. And it's not because tag team wrestling is dead. It's because a lot of people don't know how to be tag team wrestlers. And I, I'm serious. I watch a lot of these tag team guys. And, we you know, one person is worried about the other guy getting over better than him. The other one's worried about getting a better spot than his partner. They're having a match. And, and that's not what tag team wrestling is about. Uh, maybe I, some people might think that I'm wrong. Uh, I watch. It's just the part, dude, that when you are tag team wrestling, you know, and you got to understand that's not the letter I in the word team. You have to work together to make people understand what tag team wrestling is about. And like I just said, uh, I think Robert and I pretty soon are going to go out, you know, and give tag team, tag team seminars. I don't know if anybody's done that. Or, or hadn't done that, but it's it's the point of a work, and it's not because of their fault. It's because you know that a lot of the like TNA and and WWE, they which they do. I see now they have tag team before they you know you had a tag team they weren't together, but a month. You know what I'm saying that they separate them. But as you, as you go on into this business and and you know it's just this don't know what they're doing to me. Okay, but. Uh, are there any any tag teams you actually enjoy watching now, or you just you think for the most part collectively they're missing the boat? Well, you know, I like to watch them, you know, but I, you know, but you got to understand me. I'm a I'm an old critic. Yeah, I watch them, and well, you could have. You know, I'm thinking to myself, well, if you done it this way, it'd been a lot better. But you see, I'm not there. Uh, you know, it's actually, you know, I, I watched, and don't get me wrong, it's like Impact Wrestling, guys. I watched this, and I see so much talent at Impact Wrestling, and not only in tag teams, but with everybody. They got so much talent there, but they don't know what to do with it. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm not knocking nobody. I'm not trying to, to put it down. They got a lot of great talent there, guys. I, and uh, You know, and the head guys can do a lot better job with the storylines. And starting using the talent to see it, and they're not being wrong. It's the same thing that's getting to me every day. Because, like I said, my son, it seems like every time I watch the TV show, it's the same thing I watched the week before. And uh, with, you know, without you know looking to the future of, of building something three months ahead, is I mean I'm not talking about WWE, but I'm talking like Impact. It's like they're guessing from week to week. On what to do? I mean, I don't, I don't have the answers to everything, but that's what it seems like to me, man. No, is that something like going forward? I mean, I know you're you're showing no signs of slowing down, and you're out there and you're in the ring. Um, would you like to, at some point, perhaps get a a job in creative, helping tag teams out in a on a television? Oh, I do. You know, I just you know it's the first time, and I said I was listening to your news thing a while ago. 
or they're opening up the new facility in Orlando uh, for WWE. I would, you know, uh, I, you know, I lost contact with a lot of people. I love to have a job doing that. I love to to go in there uh, with some of the programs and teach some of the. And it's not all about that, you know. It's it's about you know wrestling's a lot of things you got to learn. A lot of people that that miss the boat on little things in this business that mean so much. Uh, yes, I I loved it, but that's all I know is wrestling. Uh, you know, the day I step out of the ring, I don't know what to do. I would love to be a part of any, you know, of 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 something still to do with wrestling, but. Oh, Ricky, uh, we got to thank you so much for for giving us some time. Uh, you said you're wrestling all over the country. Uh, uh, what you said, at least four or five times a, a week. Uh, when yeah, when we, sure we can are. we can see you? Beg your pardon? Uh, fans want to catch you in action. When's the next time we can see you? Well, buddy, I, I have to get my daughter to put it on my Facebook. I, you know, I booked so much. I know where I'm at next weekend. I'm a, you know, we're having a tournament down here in Kingsport for the, you know, the winner of it. Just uh, wrestle the guys for the, you know, the NWA World Champion. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then Saturday night we're going to be in Gastonia. Matter of fact, Robert and I are going to be wrestling. Uh, the Warlord and the Barbarian, the Power of Pains. We're going to be in Gastonia, North Carolina next Saturday night. And from there, you know, Robert, I'm going out to Texas. But, but you know, it's, uh, I have such a hard schedule that I can't remember a lot of where I'm at. So, <laughs> but but uh, I do, I just want to say to all the wrestling fans out there, thank you for all the years. Uh, we got that of anyway. Well, we thank, thank you for all the years and all the you know, years of entertainment. Yeah. What city are you out of? Uh, we're out of New York. Actually, I'm in New oh, York. Oh, really? Okay. Dave is in Connecticut. He he calls in, so uh, yeah, we're in the well, northeast. Well, that's great, man, because, you know, uh, being up north, you know, Robert and I were just up in Jersey. Uh, God, well, man, I, we had such a great time up there uh, with the wrestling programs and meeting all the fans. You know, because we're normally down south a lot. And they come up north to see us and make them see that us being old guys that we can still go, but down south here, buddy, we do a lot. But like I said, to all the people up north and all the people that listen to your radio, thank you for your time. I want to thank you guys. It's a great compliment and a great privilege to be on your show. I hope I can come back on sometimes. And uh, if you get anybody out there, if you just go on a well internet, get a chance to come see Robert and I. Come and see it. We'll take you back. It's a blast of the past. And uh, thank you very much for having me on your show, buddy. Uh, thank you so much, and we'd love to have you back on. And to everyone, you know, check out uh, Ricky Morton's Facebook if you want to go see him. Uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Rick. And there you have it, man, Ricky Morton. Uh, uh, can we just can we just take a moment? It's, it's like one of those moments again where I'm just sitting there. It's like, yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm talking wrestling and. Old school wrestling uh, with with Ricky Morton. Uh, it's just uh, this is so cool doing this show. So it was great uh, giving us some great stories. Uh, you know, stuff with with Randy Savage. I mean, it's, it just it amazes me. Like talking to, to, I mean, it's like you're actually talking to the history of the business. And you know what, Dave? We saw them in the ring. They can still go. I mean, you know, granted, there's age and maybe not as quick as they once were, but, the, you know, like he's talking about entertaining the people, and maybe that's what he means with, uh, 
you know, I love the athleticism, and, and sometimes I'm just amazed at how quick some guys can go. But sometimes it's not about how quick you can go in the ring. It's really about telling that story and entertaining the people. And 30 years the tag team, they still entertain the people. You still you see them, them go. You're still going to get an entertaining match. Uh, you know, I, I can't say enough, and it was, it was great hearing all the stories. And, uh, you know... No joke. If you have a chance to go see them, those guys can still go. They can still uh, give you an entertaining matchup. So the Rock and Roll Express, uh, check out uh, Ricky Morton's Facebook, see where they're performing. But a uh, uh, really cool moment, moment, Dave. Absolutely. I, I mean, the smile that's on my face, you, you, you can't be removed surgically, honest to God. I mean, just, you know, once again, Rick, thank you very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure meeting you in New Jersey. Um, we'd love to have you back on. And like I said, when I was a kid, the first time I ever watched, you know, Jim Crocker Promotions and the NWA, that was the first match I watched was with the Rock and Roll Express against the Midnight Express. And that's how I always, as a child, envisioned NWA wrestling when I thought of it was just because of that match alone and uh you know like you said it's so cool to do this show it's so cool to talk wrestling with them and the history of the business and stuff that we had never heard of before and you know it was cool the other day when he called me back after i left him a voicemail to set this interview up and if it wasn't on the bucket list it's been checked off on my wrestling bucket list it's been checked off now so ricky thank you very much if you're listening you know and like i said I'd love to have you on. You could be on the whole two hours you want to talk. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have you on. Once again, thank you so much. Yeah, it's funny, man. I just want to, I want to book him uh, next time and just, like, sit back. Just say, hey, Ricky, talk about wrestling. And then shut up for the next two hours and just let him, like, tell us stories <laughs> and matches and whatever. I mean, I just uh, – it's good stuff. So, uh, 347-838-9815. It's, it's kind of been a – potpourri if you will tonight a lot of different things going on you want to talk uh the rock you want to talk ricky morton you want to talk uh just history in general uh whatever you want to talk about give us a call 347-838-9815 we're going to go out to the phones because we got mike's on the line mike are you there hey guys what a great way to follow up ricky morton the guy <laughs> the guy is a tremendous talent to the business what are you talking about? That's like the equivalent of like the diva match after the Undertaker match. Like, come on. Now. What do you got for us, Mike? Wait a minute. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, oh, you're talking about what a way to follow up. Oh, with me. Oh, you. Oh, I'm just saying it's a privilege and an honor for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we all we all know like they they say some people go out for steak, some people go out for lobster. But let me tell you something. Ric Flair, the best. Okay, Ricky Morton went up against Ric Flair, so that's all I got to say. Woo! That's all I got to say about that. Ric Flair, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, Mike. What do you got for Ric Flair? Oh, I know. I, I got it. Um, Ricky, Ricky, Mor- Ricky Morton um, was mentioned in Ric Flair's book, and Ric Flair said that Morton was the heart of the unit. Um, Ricky was a p- fabulous performer and could have been one of the top single wrestlers in the business. But unlike Shawn Michaels, who became a World Wrestling Federation champion after parting ways with his taxi partner, Marty Jannetty, Ricky never broke up with Robert. And that was one of the things that, that, that was one of the things that made Ricky, you know, Ricky Morton stand out, that him and, and Robert Gibson are still together. He said it was 30 years, and, uh, and I think that's great. But I have, I have something, Ken, in the NWA stable, 
because you're connected to the NWA, we have a brand new NWA Eastern Shore champion, a good friend of mine, Biggie Biggs. What wow, yeah, about Biggie Biggs. What do you think about Biggie Biggs, baby? Biggie Biggs, one of the best. That's awesome. Congratulations, help. Biggie. Oh, I love Biggie Biggs, baby. I have the privilege, and everybody knows I have the privilege of managing Biggie Biggs, and uh, he's a good he's a good guy, and I congratulate him on on that. As far and as far as I heard you guys talking about the Rocket Triple H, that match will never happen because I heard that The Rock and Triple H never want to work with each other again. That's what I heard. I don't know how true it is. You know, in, in this business, you hear things, and that's one of the things I heard. Uh, unfortunately, I would love to see I would love to see The Rock versus Triple H, but like I like you know like everybody's been 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 talking about. Um, for next year's WrestleMania, I heard possibly The Rock versus The Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, Mike, if if Triple H and The Rock did not want to work with each other. I mean, I've heard lots of stories that there was, you know, heat amongst the two in the late '90s. You know, Triple H burying The Rock to management. You know, Rock having heat with Shawn Michaels for the way Shawn Michaels had treated The Rock's grandmother, who ran one of the territories out in Hawaii after. Uh, you know, High Chief Peter Maivia passed away. Michael, I heard Michaels didn't really treat her um, too well, and The Rock had heat with with him, which led to the heat with Hunter. So it doesn't surprise me one bit if they if they never work with each other again. This wrestling fan over here, this is it's a it's a huge match. I'd love to see again. But you oh, know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. SummerSlam 1998, The Rock lost the Intercontinental Championship um, to Triple H in a ladder match, and I thought that was a great. I thought they had a great match. Um, you know, and, and 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 both obviously went their separate ways. And you got and you also you also touched on something, Ken, with The Rock being a big movie star. Well, hell yeah, the guy's got seven. The guy has seven movies um, out already this year. I mean, who's busier than The Rock? He did the Royal Rumble. He did No Way Out. He did this. I mean, he did WrestleMania. I mean, my God, I'm surprised. I'm surprised The Rock didn't hear something. <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know as we're, talking about, we're getting uh, some some break. C. W. Smith, who's like he's still on the ball, even though he wasn't able to be on the show tonight. But he is uh, he's telling us that the, the Rock stuff is directly uh, due to a dispute with Triple H. Uh, he's well, yeah, had, oh, had is, his is, sources. Is that what, what was that? Is that what he's saying? I, I also know the Rock is going to have an operation next week. He's got the, the hernia surgery, supposedly, correct? Yeah, that's what he's going to have done. Um, I heard, I heard that <clears throat> today. But yeah, but you know, but it, it is what it is. It's wrestling. Um, so that's what that's what the Smith guy is saying. Well, good good for guys like like Smith. And I'm sorry, his power bomb site went down or whatever. But um, if he's listening, keep on plugging away. Every everybody needs a guy like him. To report. Yeah, it seems like good stuff, Mike. As always, thank you for supporting us, and giving <clears throat> us a call, and we'll we'll talk we to you next got, time. Uh, I got actually I got a plug. Um, fat, okay. fat, um what do you call? Not it? surprised, I, I just, uh, but okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> come on, everybody comes on the show who who's a performer, and you guys forget. I get sometimes I think you guys forget that I actually am a am a performer in the business. It's I know it's hard to believe, but um, <laughs> you're always performing. <laughs> 
uh, understatement of the believe. year, but go ahead. ECPW, um, May, May 11th, um, they're doing a thing. It's going to be um, called Matt's Heart of Gold, and it's for a kid named Matt who passed away in 2008. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be at um, it's May 11th, Saturday, May 11th, Saturday night, May 11th, um, Fast Break, 236, Richmond Valley Road, Staten Island, New York. And for people who want to go, it's ecpw1.com, and that will give you the information for that. And, guys, I thank you very much for my time, and I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, thank, thanks a lot for giving us a call. appreciate it. Uh... That's a good cause. I mean, ECPW, uh, you know, going for a good cause. So uh, it's time now for our Daily Affirmation with Justin. Justin, how are you tonight? Good, Ken. So what do you got for us? Uh, Raw, SmackDown, Impact, what would you like this week? Well, pretty good, Ken. What... (laughs) What did you think of uh, you know anything stick out for you this week uh, as far as uh, what was on the wrestling TV? Oh yeah, you like Ken? I, are you an Edge fan? I am an Edge fan. I miss Edge. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I mean I do. I I think you know when I look, it's funny with guys, and we talked uh, a little bit about uh, you know there's reports that Batista might be coming back and. Uh, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I'm, you know, when I look at this, I, you know, he's one of those guys that I always liked Edge, and I thought he brought a lot to the table. You you don't know, you know, don't realize how much you're going to miss certain guys until they're actually gone. And, and when you look at, you know, a lot of the stuff on TV right now, would, uh, you know, Edge add a lot uh, to the current product? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think he's he's definitely missed on TV. I think he's a guy who made the right decision. Uh, walking out when he did because you don't want him compromising his health. But uh, definitely a guy that, uh, you know, WWE programming could really use right now. And, you know, who knows, Justin, maybe down the road a piece. I mean, he can't perform, but, uh, you know, he's a good talker. I wouldn't mind seeing Edge uh, signed on as a GM-type character down the road. I don't, You know, Dave, what do you think? I can almost see Edge also as, as a commentator. Yeah, I could see him doing both, but uh, you know, here's something interesting that you, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Edge, Justin, but uh, you know, Edge is on TV right now, right, Justin? Right, Dave, you got it right, Buster. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, funny. My my mother called me Buster once when I was a kid. Right. That's pretty cool. Anyhow, <laughs> no, he's on he's on Sci-Fi. They have a show called Haven. And he's he's going to be a regular character on the television show Haven. It's on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, I believe it comes on Friday nights after SmackDown. So you can if you if you want to see Edge, you might not. It's not going to be wrestling. He's going to be on a television show. You can see Edge there on Haven on Sci-Fi's on Friday, Sci-Fi Channel on Friday nights. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> what a ham. Ah, oh, Justin, I love your calls. They're great. So, yeah, check out Haven, you know, because I haven't watched the show. So, uh, you know, what the heck, if you decide you want to check out Haven, uh, you know, go take a look at it. Let, let us know what you think of it. All right, Ken, you know what? what? One day it should be, you, you should be a great host, and you should do your job good. 
Thank you. We should be great hosts. We're working on that. Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress, but we'll get there eventually. We'll meet your standards. All right, Dustin, thank you so much for the call. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, Ken. Take care. Thank you. Cool. Justin always, you know, it's it's such a happy, the second hour is such a happy hour. Justin Call and Ricky Morton. I just put Justin and Ricky Morton in the same category, but put a smile on my face for tonight. Um, You know, we have someone calling right now. John is on the line, and he's... uh, He's actually close with Ox Baker, and he want he uh, wanted to call and just give us a uh, uh, update on Ox Baker and and his health right now. It was reported that he had a heart attack. We've heard different things. John, uh, how is Ox doing right now? Hey Ken, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and your co-host there. How you guys doing? Doing right. How you doing? Doing well. Doing great. I I, I just left the uh, hospital about an hour ago, and uh, Ox is in great spirits. First of all, um, he was sent to the hospital about four or five days ago. He was complaining of dizziness and just a little short of breath, and uh, they took him in. And what it is is they just found uh, a little bit of fluid in his lungs, and uh, they, they're just trying to get his heart, you know, back to the right thing. No, no heart attack, no, no stroke, you know, all these rumors that are going around. So Ox wanted me to call you because he loves your show. And he wanted to send, you know, let his fans and friends know that he's doing fine and it's not a heart attack and it's not a stroke and he will be back on the circuit managing and signing and taking pictures of all his fans. Well, and that's great to hear. Uh, how do, do they know how long they're going to have to keep him in the hospital right now? Or has he got any, uh, any date to get out? More or days, a couple more days. A couple more days. He was walking around today. You know, yelling at all the all the other patients. <laughs> you know how Ox is just joking around. And uh, the nurses there are looking him up on YouTube and trying to find out who he is, and they're they're fascinated of how he talks and is, uh, you know, there's not too many guys that get into the hospital with the the eyebrows he has and the mustache he has. So everyone was peeking in, and the nurses from different rooms keep coming in to you know meet him and stuff. It's and he's just like he, I, I tell him, you know, Ox, you can't be your your persona. You know, you can't be a mean guy to these nurses and to these people that come in to talk to you. <laughs> like you told the lady, get out. You got one chance to take my blood pressure. If you can't do it right, get out. And, and you know, I have to go and apologize and all that. But he's a great guy. You know, you you met him before, and uh, I just want to let you know he's in great spirits, as you can see. You know, um, by the way, he was he's been walking around uh, the hospital saying hi to people and stuff, and he should be out in the next couple of days. Very good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I'd love to talk to him again uh, real soon, you know, once he's back on his feet. Uh, uh, that's great to hear. It's amazing. You know, these old school guys, it's funny because, like, they just, they, they they really get it, and they just, you know, they're not breaking kayfabe no matter what. <laughs> it would feel like a reality show just with Ox Baker's hospital stay, and they probably have a few weeks of really great TV <laughs> Great to hear. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling in and letting us yeah, uh, uh, give Ox our best. I, you know, I got some shows coming up. I don't know if you got a few minutes. I know you're late. You're probably crushed on time. If you can, I have another minute of your time. Sure, go ahead. Why not? Uh, Ox will be well. First of all, Fred, uh, some some of the old school guys called him. Uh, Fred Ottman called him today, and was thought they were they were reminiscing about the you know the old school days when he uh, took on Ox in the steel cage match and. Uh, his first match was against Ox in a steel cage in uh, Texas wrestling. And a couple other guys called him up. So he was happy to get that. And, uh, you know, um, he's going to be 
coming in. I got him and Brutus the Barber Beefcake coming in to Chickapea Boys and Girls Club for NEFW at um, on May 11th. And also Jimmy Snook is going to be there. Uh, Samu, Amazing Red, uh, Homicide 187, and uh, all the NEFW stars will be there. So that's in Chicopee, Massachusetts. And uh, I just want to give you a heads up on that. And he's, we're going to be doing a couple of Comic-Cons coming up. And also you probably heard about the big convention in uh, Fairhaven, Massachusetts on June 22nd. Yes, that thing's huge. Yeah, Ox will be there. Um, I also have Maria and I have uh, Tugboat, uh, Shockmaster, and Typhoon, you know, the gentleman that plays those three. And uh, we're working on a couple other guys. But uh, it's supposed to be one of the biggest shows in the New England area. Yeah, what's that? I'm trying to remember what is that? Who's putting that on? It's June 22nd out in Massachusetts. But, yeah, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to meet... Joe Bruin is a great guy. I don't know if you met him or not at some of the shows, but he's been promoting his thing for the last year. He's been at every indie show from New York, no, New Jersey to Maine, dropping off flyers, promoting his thing. And it's just every day it it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can't believe some of the guys he's got on the show. I know Jerry Lawler's going to be there. The Million Dollar Man's going to be there. Um, and there's more surprises being added, you know. But I think that's, um, if you go to Joe Bruin on Facebook, it should be on there. Or if you could go to WrestlingFigs.com and you go to the autograph signing part, they would have that up there. It's, it's one of the biggest conventions in the Northeast. Hopefully uh, Ken Reedy's show will be there. Yeah, we, we may just uh, something like that. I mean, I that's that's, uh, that's uh, almost. I mean, and when I saw the list of people that were going to be there, it was it was pretty impressive. So, uh, uh, going to be a great show, John. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. A whole bunch of dates, so uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, again, give Oxbaker our best. I will, and uh, I'm going to try to get either uh, Jimmy Schnucka or Brutus to call you in the next week or two. All right, cool. That that be we would love to right, talk you, to you. Legends on. You Thanks guys take care of yourself. You got it, man. Bye. Take care. Thanks, John. Well, and there you have it. So, uh, Ox Baker recovering, uh, giving the, the hospital staff hell. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine what that's got to be like, especially, you know, I mean, years ago, wrestling was probably more, uh, you know, it, like people knew more about it in the 80s. It was more, uh, it, it crossed over uh, boundaries, uh, you know, God, you know, I would think, like, if you're not a wrestling fan, you have no idea who Ox Baker is. And this guy comes in with those eyebrows. And <laughs> I just wish I could have been in the hospital for him there's yelling probably, at the staff. There's probably a lot of nurses that have either handed in their resignation or <laughs> taken a lot of time after that experience. Threatening <laughs> doctors with his heart punch. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's go back He's out talking. to the phones. We we've gone on we've gone everywhere tonight, show. So whatever you want to talk about, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Carl, are you there? Yeah, Cal, I'm here. How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. It's Joe the Ref here from BWL. Joe, you know what's funny? You called us and, and I'm pretty good at recognizing voices right away, but you called us right after WrestleMania. And I'm not yeah. used to you actually having your voice. And I don't recognize <laughs> it right away. Like, oh yeah. So it's not, yeah, not my right. voice was shot. Glad to see that you had your voice back. Uh, what do you got for us this evening? Thank you. Well, I just got a quick question. Uh, you know, I was watching SmackDown last week, and 
I was kind of intrigued by the main event with uh, teaming up Big Show and Mark Henry against Orton Sheamus. I know it might, you know, jump in the gun a little too quick here, but do you think that there's a potential of having a Mark Henry Big Show tag team? I think it's an excellent question. I'd love it. I, I think it would be it would be cool for those two guys. It, uh, you know, right now, I mean, for both of them, they they've done the the badass thing. They've done the indomitable big guy. Um, why not do like a most dominant tag team in history thing? Have those two guys beat Hell No? Um, they could be fun. I kind of I kind of like the two of them together as a tag team. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm, this is me just in, as an opinion, and not that they both don't work still as singles guys, but uh, I'm intrigued by the idea of them potentially sticking together. Yeah, I see them as being something big if they do decide to go with that direction of having them as a tag team. I see them as being a big threat for the tag team division or what's left of the tag team division. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> But I just wanted to call, because I know you guys don't have much time left, I just wanted to call and promote our uh, next BWO show, uh, BWO Revelation, uh, Saturday, May 18th in Nutley, New Jersey. Um, If you need to buy any tickets, you can come to the website, bodyslamwrestling.com, or you can check us out on Facebook, Body Slam Wrestling Organization. Or yours truly, Joe the Ref has Facebook followers, and, you know, I got my tickets on me. So if anybody needs tickets, you know where to go. (laughs) Very cool. Thanks a lot for the call. And yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. BWO. We'll talk to Thanks you soon. Thanks for having me, Ken. Take care. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, Joe. Wow, there you have it. We've become like promotional central for like the, the independent wrestling scene. We should call, <laughs> this, we should call it the, the, the plug show. <laughs> you call in, you plug whatever it is you want. Awesome. We have great callers, and I, I mean, I love our callers. It's like everyone's got a pink, pink great wrestling. You can plug. Well, yeah. They have their great wrestling points. They talk right, and then like they, every, we have every caller has something going on. There's like, and and, and now that I'm finished with my wrestling talk, and let me just plug my and insert plug there. But that's cool. Like we'll work together. You guys help promote our show, so we'll help. You can promote, and as long as you're calling in with uh, fun, entertaining calls, why not at the end of it promote something? <laughs> Good stuff. Well, you guys. We're running up close to the end, but you know what it's time for. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. This is a portion of our program we talk about something in the world of professional wrestling where you were sitting there and you're watching it on your couch and you just nodded to yourself and said, yeah, that worked. I like that. And you just kind of nod to yourself. And we do this each and every week, the nod of approval. And uh, Dave, this week, who was your nod? You know, there were, there, there were a few things that caught my eye, but there was one thing that really stood out for me. It was Friday on SmackDown. It was the opening segment where Lillian Garcia had introduced Fandango, or Fandango. I'll probably screw the name up again when I talk about it. But anyhow. Um... You just never know when it's going to come in. 
in the middle of my nod, really? You gotta give entrance music to a caller. I'm the goddamn co-host. I can't even get my point across now. In the middle right. of my nod. <laughs> Jesus. Anyhow, she was introducing him. He came out. He started doing his shtick, his dance, and then he got on the microphone. And he approached her. And he got like really close to her, and in like a very creepy way. And she was. I don't know if she, I mean, I'm assuming that she was, you know, playing a, a scared character of sorts because she had this look on her face like she was absolutely terrified of him. And then, then the, the, you know, of course, he, like, touches her, and it blurred the lines for me. It's like, is she going to try and kiss him? Like, or, or the, you know, this is part of the story. Like, is she going to try and kiss him? They got really close, and then he dipped her and dropped her on the ground and then drew tremendous heat from the audience. He did – he. And this is what's cool about it. Like, not only the way she reacted to him, which is a big portion of my nod here tonight, but also the fact that the company, they are capitalizing on this popularity that he has, but they're not, like, overly doing it. They're just giving you enough to, like, get into it, and then they're pulling it back and taking it away from you, you know, which is which is kind of cool. And, it's, and, then, and that's what a heel does. They, they give you something, but then they... They take it away from you, you know, and it makes you angry and it makes you upset and mad. Then you want to boo. And then the place, you know, erupted in boos that they that he did that to her. So my nod of approval this week goes to, for the most part, Lillian Garcia and her portion in that in that uh, that segment, but also just the overall booking of the segment with Fandango. It was definitely a good segment. She did a, an, an excellent job uh, with that. And you know, and it's it's tough because like the the theme is so over that. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that the plans are to keep him heel. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult when something gets that popular. I think they're doing a good job right now at keeping him uh, in a heel spot uh, while Fandangoing is taking over the country. Uh, my not actually, you know, this was a tough one for me because, you know, it was a week of, like, solid, you know, in-ring action, uh, some matches that stood out to me, uh, you know, AJ and James Storm. We, t- we talked about that before. Uh Kofi Kingston and Cesaro, uh, great match. But uh, my nod goes to Del Rio uh, versus Swagger. I I thought that was a tremendous matchup on SmackDown. If you missed SmackDown, uh, try and find it. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. But uh, I thought the finish was great, Uh, the the holds, the reversals, uh, the storytelling, everything worked. And and everything that's going on right now is – you know uh, this this slow rebuilding of of swagger since he's come back and uh you know this is one of those matches that you know I don't want to go so far as to say a classic but it really was a great matchup uh, physically just pacing everything just clicked uh and and I think it's it it's working right now going towards a triple threat for the world championship I mean you have uh you know swagger went over on Ziggler uh Del Rio beat swagger uh you know, I, I just think it, it it's working right now, storytelling-wise. But specifically for me, my nod is going to that match because I, I just I thought everything really worked. I was engaged. I was really on the edge of my seat uh, watching the whole thing unfold. And I just I thought they really did a tremendous job. So, uh, you know, overall, again, a good week. A good week of in-ring action. Uh, some really, really good matches. But the one that... Wins out for me as far as the nod on SmackDown, Del Rio and Swagger. And there you have it, uh, Lillian Garcia in the Fandango segment and Del Rio, nods of approval. 
The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. I just want to know how many wrestling fans out there listening there are thinking, damn it, I just got that song out of my head. <laughs> it's back. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This this show is uh, it's a fun show tonight. I had a really good time. Uh, kind of a lot of uh, twists and turns uh, tonight, but all in all, a lot of fun. And uh, for Dave and I, we cannot thank Ricky Morton enough for uh, joining us and telling us some stories about the uh, – Old days, and he's still going. He's still out there uh, performing. So uh, it's a good night, Dave. Yeah, fun night. Just another reason why I love doing this so much, and love you know talking wrestling with you and entertaining the you know the, the our listeners, even if it's at my own expense. I love doing this, and I, I will I would never want to miss a Sunday or a Tuesday. This is the best job I've ever had in the world, and <laughs> I'll do this for as long as I can. And that's honest to God, that's a shoot. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.